Brian Fisher, welcome once again to The Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. Did you get any feedback from the way you were edited on episode 65? You had people in tears. Why, thank you. You're such a good source of nonsense, I had to come back for seconds. Now, you were telling me off-air about how you've changed your position and now support homosexuality. Now, we're thinking about doing something about this as an organization. Good to hear. In fact, you've decided to rename your own gonads to mark this momentous occasion. Something called the Proud Whopper. Seems appropriate. Now, to capitalize on this, you're releasing a range of gay condoms. A rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. I think it's got legs. And it's uh, got the rainbow colors on it and all that. Mmm, wouldn't sell otherwise. I mean, if it were just black and white, it'd be... A marketing mistake. What are you planning to call this campaign? Coming out with a proud Whopper. Very well. Now, you had a very inappropriate name for a chain of gay drinking establishments as well. Poobahs. Mmm, that's the one. I won't be putting that to air. Brian Fisher, thanks for your time. When people sit down to eat a hamburger, the last thing they want to be thinking about is two guys having sex. I was desperate for a wee, and I did cough, and a little bit did come out. Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. And it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, down the line with me from the UK, we have the religious tourist. Welcome. Hello. Mm. <laughs> religious tea. What have you been this month, apart from a very naughty boy? Do you want to go into that? No. That's why I specified apart from apart a very from naughty... Yeah. Okay, keep that between us. This got awkward. <laughs> Come on, mate. Focus, focus. You, you had one sorry, job sorry. this month. One job. What was it? I was a Mormon. Mm. What's a Mormon? A Mormon is basically a Christian, although they have a new book, the Book of Mormon, which is effectively pretty much just a couple more, a few more books in addition to the Bible. So it has a few more stories in there. So it tells a story of how the people from the Tower of Babel were led across to the Americas. It essentially tries to explain the fall of Adam and Eve and says that actually it wasn't a bad thing. Uh, the fall had to happen for, for procreation. So only without innocence can we do the bad thing or the good thing, depending on who you are. Radio makes no sense at all. No, I <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you get up to this month? How did you be the best Mormon you can be? Oh, it's God, it's really dull. They essentially look at life and just go, oh, let's remove all the fun. And then they tell you how it's really, really good for you. It's really healthy to not drink alcohol or coffee or anything. So, that's <laughs> that's happened. So, you had that a dry month. A really dry month. Oh. It's a shame because I'm, I'm part of a, a beer tweets thing. So they keep sending me all the beers that they've been having. I've just had to say silent and angry. <laughs> and religious for the moment. And religious. More and more angry with every tweet. They just thought they were being nice, but they were being cold-hearted monsters sending me pictures of those things that I wanted. Should have been tweeting you pictures of Starbucks coffees or something as well, just to really throw it in both ways. Now, I have a question. What's this magic underpants thing that I keep hearing about Mormonism? <laughs> I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I didn't really bring it up with anyone that I met. But you had a month. <laughs> you had one month. I had a month. Oh, imagine asking that to someone, though. But oh, so I'd like to come and find out about your religion in a really kind of, you know, I, I try and be polite and respectful. Oh, show us your knickers. It's not going to work. 
But as far as I could tell, as far as I can understand, have you ever seen Arrested Development? No. You've never seen Arrested Development? No, let me repeat that. No. <laughs> what do you do with your life? A, a podcast? <laughs> this, this is your life. Pretty me, much. <laughs> the rest of it's pretty boring <laughs> beyond the podcast. Shit, you know. <laughs> well, there's a character on Arrested Development who uh, has, has an issue with being nude. So underneath his trousers and underpants, he has uh, some cut-off jeans that he never takes off. And he's called a never-nude. Now, I don't know if that's pretty much exactly what it means by magic underpants. Is it's just a way of always sheltering our um, wobbly bits from people around us. That's as far as I could kind of understand it. And if anyone has any better insight, then do let me know. But it was a hard thing to ask. I mean, <laughs> really. I think Inuits um, would have more insight than you and probably more experience. You, look, you had one job, religious tea. One. I did this job. Went to a Mormon church a few mm -hmm. times. And it didn't come up? Of course it didn't. <laughs> we, oh, my goodness. We had, we had to do Bible study. And they didn't talk about their underpants. They talked about um, the Holy Ghost. Oh, and what's what he up to? Like. What's he up to? Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot about the Holy Ghost. This will be good. He is. He can only be one person at a time, but his presence can be felt by everyone. I don't really know what that means. No. Um, but I think. Hang on, we, can we get Deepak on the line? On no. the Deepak on the line, yeah. Go yeah, for just it. for this some your area. clarification on that. No, I, I received nothing cosmically. What did you get? <laughs> An erection. <laughs> but I don't know. If that's... <laughs> Completely unrelated. <laughs> so, how were the people? Oh, they were really nice. Everyone's really nice. It's you always look at these kind of programs, and I remember the very first religion I did was for. Oh, you're going to meet all the people. Like, there's going to be like the Westboro Baptist Church, and it's going to be you know when you go to Islam, you think oh, it's going to be Osama bin Laden, and you know really really bad eggs like that. And then um, it's just not. Everyone's really nice and really inviting, and I shook. Nearly everyone's hand in the in the Mormon church, and there was it was, it was a full crowd. There was a, a good couple of hundred people there, and their church services like they they all get asked to research a particular topic, and then they go up and deliver like a, a speech on that topic. But it all comes down to they start so well. They always start where they they try and look at it in a kind of in a, a really kind of fascinating way. These all these problems and stuff like that, and it always comes down to. We know this book is true, and I'm re really happy that it's been revealed to us. And that's all it is, and it's just how they know it's true. But they never say how until the very last time I went last week, and someone spilled exactly the reason why she knew it was true. Oh, yes? Do you want to hear it? Oh, please. Yes. This was the reason she knew the Book of Mormon was true. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, <sighs> okay, so a husband invited in a couple of missionaries. They're people who go essentially door knocking, not dissimilar to our, our friends in Jehovah's Witness. Yes. And he invited them in and they spoke and he, he offered to go to the church and he went there and he went a few more times and he, he really got into it. It was something that he really felt happy about. He'd always had a belief in God, but this was something that, I, th I think the community was something that he, he loved more than anything else. So he kind of started joining and uh, his wife, who never believed in God, and I knew, I know her actually, I used to work with her a few years ago and uh, she was a very different person back then, drunk most of the time not as an alcoholic just she was she did like a drink and she'll be you know she, she just enjoyed life a bit she had a lot more enjoyment to it yeah and, actually uh, i've got her on this call right now uh welcome to the show <laughs> <laughs> hello that's that's her voice no no it wasn't keep going <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so yeah, so she said that after a bit, she didn't really believe in God, but she loved her husband. She believed in him, as you know, trusted him, and she decided to try and start praying. So she was on her way to work, and she had her iPod in. And she was listening to listening to it on shuffle and she just decided to say a silent prayer it's something that she'd probably not done since she was young and but she had a go at it so she so she said um if there is a god if you are the god as well and what my husband believes in is true please give me a sign i, I know i believe in him and i love him and i want to support him but I, I want to be i want to trust in the thing that he trusts in and she said as soon as she said amen after this silent prayer the ipod shuffle changed to a song by take that <laughs> Like it was something to like lead me to heaven or something. something. And she said then she knew it was true. And that's it. Right. That's the story. So did you get that, uh, listeners? The reason the Book of Mormon is true is because somebody's iPod shuffle brought us a little bit of Never Forget by Take That. (laughs) To be honest, if Take That came on my iPod, I would take that as a as a sign that the devil exists mm. or, you know, the or, unquestioning or a, evil of this universe. Or a sign you need to go and jump off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, or a sign I need a better iPod. <laughs> That's not broken. <laughs> I'd have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Nickelback came on or something. Oh, dear. What would she believe in now? Mm. Well, yeah, there we are. That's That was her story. But there was there was other great ones when we're doing the um, when we're doing the Bible study. You're talking about the Holy Ghost and we're saying about how it influences you and how it helps you through difficult decisions. And people were talking kind of you know vaguely saying that I always feel its presence when I'm making difficult decisions. And it's it's not so much it makes the decision for me, but it definitely leads me. It helps me to lead on the right path. And you go, eh, you'll give it them fair enough. But one person said, oh, I know the Holy Ghost helped me one time with a decision and and I just know that so you go okay how's this one pan out so she said well a friend asked me to go for a run and I really don't like running (laughs) but um, something pushed me into running so I I went for a run and uh, while we're running we were just having a chat and she started asking me about about God and I knew straight away I just thought this is why the Holy Ghost wanted me to come on this run so we could discuss God and I could lead her in the in the right direction but not just that as we were running it was getting a bit darker and we came across a friend of mine and she was on a bench and I asked what she was doing it turns out she'd run away from home so I invited her back to my house so she could make some calls and that's how you know that the Holy Ghost is truly with you because if it wasn't for me going for a run, I wouldn't have been able to help my friend with the question of God and help my friend on the bench. Yeah certainly works in mysterious <laughs> ways. <laughs> it's so polite and so lovely that you, you just you just have to take it. You just go, oh, all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go, well, why didn't the Holy Ghost direct your other person not to run away from home? Or, if that was the end result, why didn't you just direct her to run to your house? Why, why does it have to be this really convoluted way that means that, I mean, I suppose the other way is, you know, you've got a bit of exercise, which isn't, you know, which isn't the worst thing in the world. It's nice to go for a run. And that wasn't a rude thing about a weight. It's nice to go for a run. <laughs> These things are nice. Why didn't it direct your friend to read the book of Mormon? If it's so inherently true, why didn't it just send her a free copy? Yeah. Or why indeed, is it these weird ways? help me with my maths exam when I was at high school, you know, just slip me an answer from here to there. What did you get? What did you get? Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't tell you that much. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just nice people who, I think, want to find patterns and reason in literally everything. That They don't believe in coincidences. Nothing can just happen. Everything is set for everything. It's, it's all part of this big plan. Even the things that go wrong, 
they go, that must just be part of the plan. You know, that's, that must be comforting in a way. I think for me and you, whenever relatives die, we just go, that's a bit, yeah, hooray. It's a bit of a ball ache. I mean, <laughs> it happens, but you get on with it, don't you? But they go, well, it's, it's for a greater good. I'm going to meet them again. Uh, it, must, it must help a bit. Well, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Now, religious tea, at what point this month did you very nearly die? <laughs> I nearly died again. But then I thought bollocks to it. Oh. Last week, before our last church service, uh, I got an email from, from that friend who I used to work with and she said, you know, I'm um, really glad you've been coming and I hope you've not been too bored by it. And so I'm, I'm like to know what you've thought about it. So I you know, very politely went back. Well, it's nice to see everyone so friendly and so warm and inviting and it's all a bit far-fetched for my liking. But, you know, it's nice that it brings you happiness and stuff. And she went, oh, brilliant. Um, we be coming next week. So I said, yeah, it's my, it'll be my last week. And she went, well, next week, actually, because it's the first Sunday of the month. We actually actually fast for the day and then we donate the money that we don't spend to a worthy cause i See, thought that's that's, nice. that's all right that's pretty good that's nice isn't it yeah. i've not fasted for a long time um maybe it would be nice to relive that the, the fun of uh, the fun of Ramadan. so <laughs> the dizzying you know. highs associated with low blood sugar levels just <laughs> <laughs> from that yeah so i got there off i went to alone not had any breakfast tummy grumbling a bit but he's just thinking, you know, I've done, I've done this for I've done this for worse, but grumbling a little bit, nothing to eat or drink. And then I get there, and everyone's just stuffing their face with chocolate. So I asked, <laughs> and they just said, "Oh, we just donated the money instead." None of us really ever fast. <laughs> go, for God's sake! <laughs> Sounds so it's a legitimate Ramadan by Mormons. <laughs> they can't even. It's one day, one day. Muslims do it for thirty days out of a year. Mm. It's ten percent of a year. They don't eat a drink. They couldn't even la- they couldn't even last two hours. We met at ten, <laughs> so if they woke up at eight, they didn't even last two hours. As far oh, bugger it, so I, I donated a tenner and added and <laughs> 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 had a sandwich. <laughs> so no. Would it surprise you to learn that I also had a religious experience this month? <laughs> Do go on. I was invited by a street evangelist to the. I'm tempted to say it's a Christian Baptist church. Okay. Hmm. And it was fascinating in a way because the last time I went to church and tried to partake in it seriously, I basically had none of my adult critical thinking <laughs> skills at my disposal. But what? And you still don't. And said, well, I'm getting there. I'm sort of learning from everybody except yourself. And uh, <laughs> we ended up sitting there watching this pastor go on and you know, introduce everyone. It was, it was the first day of a three-day conference, and they had people coming in from... They had a pastor from the US come in, and he was one of the... He was very Joel Osteen, very oh, much wow. so. Charismatic, you know, handsome guy, trim, lots of passion, excitement on stage, gave his speech about catching fish off the side of the boat, you know, getting the wrong side of the boat. That went on. But absolutely amazing to watch how people just ate it up and there were no facts given because uh uh-uh, uh <laughs> but there was another pastor who came and gave his their, their experience with a testimony yeah, like testimony so he gets up and gives his testimony about how he played cricket for australia and he didn't quite cut it but you know misbehaved in his youth but felt his calling for the church and this is the particular church he happened to end up becoming a, a pastor of. And every single thing in it was anecdotal. But every person in the audience was sitting back going, Amen! Yay! Hooray! Amen! Uh, did you say amen? I didn't. Which would probably surprise nobody. <laughs> but then I also, <laughs> at the very, like you, you rock in, you sit down on the pew, 
and they open up their books and everybody knew all the words off by heart. But the very first song was, God, yeah. Are You Washed in the Blood of Jesus? And I thought that's a beautiful, you know? yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> induction service for the atheist in the room, isn't it? It's a bit strong. Mm, I don't know how you've done it for an entire year spread over the course of about two years, Religious T. It's <laughs> certainly hard work, and I don't envy you at all. However, I do very much enjoy hearing how you very nearly die every month. So keep them coming. <laughs> I'd just like to offer one more thing, because it Ooh, sounds yes. like you're about to wrap up. Hmm. I, I didn't like that. I, know, I, I guess you're trying to make me bonus in the eight minutes, so I'm going to keep waffling so I can be the, the main portion of this. You, you do realise I'm the guy who edits this, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just when you were saying about you're opening the book and looking at the you know washed in the blood of Christ and it, you know it comes on a bit strong to to us but to, to them it seems like part of it when everyone was giving the testimony they give a free an open mic basically so people can just jump up say I know why this church is true and say how it's inspired them how it's moved them and, and so on and you know some were some were nice some uh, said that you know whether whether kind of said whether you believe or true it's not it teaches you to be uh, nice to everyone and it, it causes you to think about your behavior to other people and how you can help and you go you know what that's that's fair enough but one kid got up and he went to the mic and he just started laughing and giggling and everyone was going oh isn't he sweet isn't he a sweetheart and uh, he was trying to get false starting doing a couple of words and then slurring back into laughing everyone's just going oh isn't he sweet and then one parent goes oh he's mine isn't haven't I raised him well and then he said I know that the church is true because God is love, and those who aren't with the church are Satan. Oh. And then walked off. <laughs> but that's a bit strong. That's beautiful. That's a bit much. See, if I, and, if, uh, if, I get, if I was able to go and give testimony, I'd just take the microphone and start out with a little bit of, uh, what is the deal with airplane food? <laughs> go down that route. I wanted to. I was thinking about going up and saying that, you know, although I don't subscribe to what you um, believe, I very much agree with, you know, the ideas of being polite and nice. And it would be nice that even if we we can disagree on so much, but there is so much we can agree on. So maybe we should focus on those bits a bit more. But in the end, I, I couldn't follow the guy who said everyone who didn't believe was a Satan. So um, I left it. <laughs> I thought it would be easier not to go. Yeah. I didn't want to be cast out. Well, no. He's going to grow up to be a, a wonderful young man, I think. It's done do well. But one one thing I really loved was that just the entire 1950s of the whole church, the whole 1950s ethos, that they were telling me what happens after the service. And, oh, it's um, Bible study now. And you go, oh, great. And they go, and then, you you know, you get separated into the priesthood and uh, we'll go off. And I said, what, what do you mean? And she goes, oh, you know, the men go off and the women go off. And yes, they go they in separate They groups. did that here as well. They, and they were very strict. Really? I mean, if you're a, a young man, if you're 18, then you have to go and hang out with the men. But they they yeah. made a concession, and the girls could wait till they were twenty one until they went to the women to, well, presumably learn how to crochet or embroider something. I'm not <laughs> churn <laughs> butter. <laughs> the guys have gone. Release the kittens. <laughs> <laughs> I asked why, and they just like kind of smiled and went, "Well, you know, that's what God wants." All right, okay, and then and then she and then she realised that I was a bit taken back by it, so she went, "Um, well." The, the reason is, is that, you know, if the women and guys get together, then the women won't get a say. The guys will just jump in and they'll be really dominant. So we just, you know, let them go and fight off between themselves. And we talk, imagine, imagine if Ra <laughs> was in that room. Imagine any guys trying to speak over Ra. I've, I've heard her on the radio one. She was a, she was a phone in, not even a guest. <laughs> and she told the actual guest to pipe down. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and you just for think, anybody who doesn't how know that that's that that's Ra from uh, she plays Raylene on the show periodically when we're forced to have <laughs> her on. This <laughs> thing they're just trapped in a this kind of time warp. And I asked as well. Um, there was a board for all the things that were happening in the priesthood, all the things that were happening with the um, the, the female side of it. And I forgot the, the term actually. And then there was another one that said singles. So I said to my friend, "Oh, is that like the Mormon dating board?" And she laughed, and I realised that I, I was kind of half joking. I, I wasn't a bit. I wasn't quite sure. And she went, "Oh, that's just where we put events on for all the singles to get married off." So, so it is. It's a Mormon dating board. Oh wow! And uh, you realise, don't you? Because it's not sex before marriage. <laughs> it's, they will marry people <laughs> off as as soon as possible, or I guess people would massacre. (laughs) (laughs) It's another world, isn't it? It really is. It's a very strange world. It means no harm. It's just very out of date. Very, (laughs) very out of date. So speaking uh, of uh, out of date, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, what are you going to be next month, Religious T? It's my last month, so I'm going to be a Jedi. What are the chances of you dying this month? I don't know. Do lightsabers exist? Don't know. I'll say no. Then I think I might be all right. Okay. What's involved in being a Jedi? So far, I have no idea. I haven't seen Star Wars ever, so I'm going to be watching all the Star Wars. And I was asking for advice in which order to watch them, because I know apparently people are a little bit upset by 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. You're a Star Wars fan, aren't you? So the words 1, 2, and 3 would hurt you, wouldn't they? Mm, to the pit of my stomach. But... Uh... <laughs> It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So Jar Jar Binks, that's the best character, isn't it? Is it not? Oh, my goodness. Look, come back to and me we- in a month. Which one's <laughs> Captain Kirkin? <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, the red shirt that never died. So, Religious <laughs> T, very best of British luck to you as a Jedi this month. Once again, a cop-out. And uh, thank you very much for your brief encounter with Mormonism and just relaying a little bit of... The nonsense to the listeners for us. Although Mormon underpants my briefs encounter. Oh, look, okay, next month. Because you couldn't get it done this month. Find out about the underpants. Please do. All right. I'll, who am I going to ask? Mormons. That's my job. That's my job. <laughs> Thank you very much, Religious T. Speak to you soon. Pleasure. Bye. Herd mentalists, hear me. Questionable Adam here from the year 2074, communicating to you in 2014 using VOTIP, or Voice Over Temporal Internet Protocol, a cost-effective method to speak to loved ones who have passed away. In this alternate timeline, in which there are still monkeys, religion continues to permeate the minds of children and world leaders. Even household pets are required to pray with humans 19 times a day to kindly ask Poseidon to cut out this rising sea level nonsense. But you can help! Change the future by supporting the show at patreon.com slash herdmentality. You'll be supporting past me for the dozens of hours that go into the show each week, as well as people like Maria in Paraguay to pay her university fees by way of kiva.org. Educating women in developing countries is a surefire way to stamp out stupidity. A special thanks goes out to Frankie, Eric, Nicholas, Steph, Jennifer, Jonathan and Meg, who have all contributed a few dollars an episode to help cut out insanity. I must run! The amount of credit remaining on this account is insufficient.
Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line from, once again, sunny Queensland, I've got Nick on the line. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Adam. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Your Twitter handle is at Nick M. Organmore. Is that... Yes. Nick M. Organmore. Big... It's also known as Morgan Moore. That's that's my name. Gotcha. And you're a... I am a comedian. Right. Yes, up here in Queensland. I'm a regular at the open mic rooms and on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane. Fantastic. And do people, when they hear you're a comedian, just wander up to you and say, oh, can you tell us a joke? Yeah, but generally, you know, if they're, say, a milkman, I go, oh, yeah, can I just have two litres of milk? Or, you know, if they're... A postman, I go, oh, can I have my mail? You know, because it's, it's all about timing and location. You know, if you want to hear me tell a joke, yeah. you have to catch me at a club, yeah. generally while I've got uh, three or four drinks into me, mm-hmm. with probably 40 or 50 people laughing, you know. If, out if of a room of your... thousands? Is that well, a... I'd still count that as a win, Adam, <laughs> you know. I mean, you, you can't you can't appeal to everyone, can you? Indeed not. Indeed not. Which is uh, the basis of this show, in fact. So, Nick, you're an ex-Pentecostal Christian turned comedian. I, I am. I am indeed. That's an interesting transition. Yes. Well, there was a few transitional jobs in the middle there. I went from being a, uh, a pastoral intern. My church very much modelled itself off of the super church idea. Even though we only had a few hundred people, we wanted to run it like a big corporation, so everyone had a title. So I was working in the church as an intern pastor for about a year there. Right. And uh, I went from working in the church to a year later working in a strip club as a bouncer. <laughs> I'm barring and choke-holding guys who got a little too grabby. Yeah, hands off, gents. Were they transferable skills? Being a judgmental prick, yeah, probably. (laughs) How long ago was this? I left the church five years ago, and I was working in in that club for a year, three years ago. So I was out of the church for about a year, a year and a half, two years, before I got the job working at at a strip club, which was the first time that I'd ever been inside of one. I'd I'd never been to a strip club before, before I walked up to a dude and asked for a job, and he said, come here at this time, and I turned up and no one had their clothes on. (laughs) They're the best sort of job interviews. It it was a wonderful job. I, I actually really enjoyed working there. Yeah. So was a a two-year grace period or a cooling-off period after the church sufficient, do you think? Well, to be honest with you, it took me four years before I finally admitted that I am an atheist. Um, I think that it just... I was was in deep. I was in so deep. I, I spoke in tongues. I preached. I went on missions trips. I was the real deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're that deep in it, it just takes a while when you leave. You know, it was it was a step-by-step process to leave. You know, first of all, mm. I went, okay, maybe Christianity's the real deal, but my church isn't quite, you know, on the mark with what God wants. And, you know, then I, I was a step further and a step further. I, I eventually became a, uh, a universalist, so I sort of thought that maybe, you know, God was in everyone and everything, but that still didn't seem to sit right because, you know, the world's a bit fucked, <laughs> you know? So argument from evil just sort of made me keep looking at it a little bit more uh, critically. Until eventually I, uh, I found podcasts that just mocked the shit out of religion. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can get on board with that. So what are you listening to? Uh, well, the first one that I listened to was very early cognitive dissonance. And, mm. uh, I was still, 
I was pretty much a deist by that stage. I'd, I'd stepped away from any concept of an interventionary God, just listening to them every week and, you know, being on, on board because I'd been in the church with, you know, crazy bullshit going on. I eventually was able to go, yeah, like, I don't really need to put on airs. I don't need to pretend that there's something out there without any sort of proof. So I think mockery really did help me get across that line. That's very interesting because there's, I didn't, an interview that it's going to be a tricky edit, so it may not make it to air, but we were talking largely about whether or not it's fair to mock religious mm. believers. Mm -hmm. But you're saying this is what got you over the line. Absolutely. I, I, and it's one of the reasons why I'm now a comedian. I, I think that mockery is a really, really, really good thing. It, it helped me to shed unhelpful beliefs. You know, I was, I was already on my way out of the church, and I can remember feeling very awkward and very uncomfortable when I was in the church without receiving any sort of mockery whatsoever. You know, it's it's this sort of vague persecution complex hmm. that, you know, I, I do notice quite a bit in the Pentecostal Christians. I definitely noticed it in myself when I was there. And having left and been the brunt of, of some mockery and then using that and growing from it and understanding it and then using it as a tool myself, I think that mockery is wonderful. I think that ideas that deserve mockery should be mocked and if you don't want your idea mocked then make sure it's a good idea what other podcasts are you listening to oh i really enjoy yours oh. um, sorry to butter you up mm. but uh, uh cognitive dissonance i really enjoy i enjoy imaginary friend show mm -hmm. and i did listen to imaginary friend show before i'd finally taken that step over to become an atheist mm -hmm. well that'll make um, jake very happy yes Yep. Uh, Atheist on Air is really good. I really like Cash. I yes. sent him an email uh, a couple of weeks back, just, you know, encouraging him to keep up the good work. Scathing Atheist is good. I like their, um, they've now got an hour long format, which is good. You know, and that's, that's Patreon in action. People supported them and now they're getting something out of it. Penn Sunday School is always good. And then I listen to a few comedy ones. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Todd Glass show. Right. Uh, you know, that's one that I've I've listened to every week since I discovered podcasts like three years ago. So I've got a big listening list. What's the material that you use for your stand-up? I use a lot of stories from my own life and uh, stories that have been related to me by friends. A lot of stand-up comedians will tell you that it's mostly true, and and that's that's the case. You take you take a true story, a true situation, and then you find how it would be perfected, how you can just phrase it a little bit differently, change the setting, maybe make, you know, change which character in the joke you are. It is an act. It is it is an art form, you know. You don't have to get up there and tell 100% the truth. If the heart of it's the truth and, you know, the joke works, then that's enough. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my jokes are, are stories or situations that I've gotten myself into that I'm then just relating in a way that... Uh, drags people along for the ride. There's nothing funnier than reality, is there? That's true. That is absolutely the case. You can't make up stuff as funny as the shit that you get into. <laughs> and bringing all of those tales of yore from the Pentecostal days. I was hesitant putting those in to start with just because it is very embarrassing to be an adult <laughs> and have played make-believe on that scale because it very much is, uh, especially in Pentecostal Christianity. I know that some of the more mainstream denominations are, it's very much playing make-believe as mm. an adult, especially in Pentecostalism. There's the speaking in tongues, there's the gifts of the spirit, and it's just a big action in, um, in confirmation bias. People 
every week claims of healing. Well, what did what did you get healed? Was it your cancer? Was it your high blood pressure? Was it something testable? No, it was just a vague sense of unease. <laughs> but it's gone now. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. With all of that, it, it is very embarrassing to look back and go, well, that's where I was. But embarrassment fuels really great jokes too. So <laughs> it does been, indeed. I've, yeah, I've, I've been learning. I've been preparing. You know, the I've been in comedy for two years now, and I've been learning how to hold attention, how to hold a stage, how to tell a story. And I'm getting ready. I'm about ready to unleash with a few really good bits. Crank up and, the uh, the jokes per minute. Construct. Yeah, the, the JPMs. That's where the action's at. <laughs> the JPMs. Yep. <laughs> now, was there a point? Could, could you? pinpoint the moment in your life when you thought, this is nonsense, I'm changing my outlook. Towards the end of my last year in the church, I would started going to their Bible college because I was being encouraged to become a pastor. I had it weighed upon my art to become a, a missionary, but I went along with what I was being instructed by my leaders. So I was going along to the Bible college and I was struggling and I was encouraged repeatedly by the Bible college staff and the pastors in the church to just have faith that God had all of my needs in his hands in control. And so I decided that I just wouldn't advertise the fact that I was struggling. I said, uh, I'd have some private personal, you know, prayer time every day. And, you know, I'd try and hopefully, you know, God would hear where I was at. And, um, this isn't just me being disappointed in being very alone because, you know, I was very alone at that time. At the same time, there was young Christians in our church, ex-drug addicts who had come in through a ministry. And uh, they felt God putting it on their heart to go on a missions trip. So they went around the church asking everyone for money. And one of these guys got a few grand and he went out and blew it on drugs. And I just remembered feeling so disappointed in the people in the church and in myself. And I wasn't quite there yet. But as time went on, I started to feel a little bit disappointed in even the concept of God because I realized that it wasn't God speaking. It was just it was just you, it was just yourself. So the good Christians, the people who've been in the church for a very long time, what they hear God telling them is just what they'd expect to hear from God. And the uh, the immature Christians, the guys who've only been in there for, you know, a few months out of, you know, some pretty shitty situations, well, God's telling them to do some pretty selfish bullshit things, just the sort of things you'd expect someone to make up if they were going to go along and give themselves permission to do whatever bullshit they wanted to do. Knowing that, seeing that, realizing that, I realized that, um, you know, God wasn't speaking to us in the church. We were just hearing ourselves. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it was, it came as quite a shock to me. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you'd like to promote, a charity or a cause, or is there a website or blog that you keep? I'm putting together a YouTube channel at the moment uh, called The Full Release with Nick Morganmore. On there, I'm going to be promoting a few, well, as well as my comedy dates, there are a few charities that I'm interested in. But I, I'm very interested in what you're doing. And uh, I wanted to let you know just here that uh, I will be, yours will be my first Patreon that I'll be signing up to because of your Kiva connection. I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. That's very kind. And I'm sure that somebody in an obscure country who's trying to get an <laughs> education will thank you for it. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope that, uh, you know, it all helps. It's good. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. Fantastic. Nick, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you for having me. Raygate, the adventures of Ray and Raylene. Oh, Raylene, prison. 
20 years we've been sentenced to hard labour. This is just, oh, it's horrible in here. Oh, Ray, you have no idea what's the, what this done to me. I mean, I've had to compromise my Christian beliefs. The other day I was in the queue to get some food and Harry Mary said I couldn't get any food until I banged her clam. Now, I have no idea what that was, but I, I know now. And, Ray, that, that isn't allowed in the Bible. I feel really filthy, but although you took I enjoyed one. it. <laughs> but you took one for the, you took one for the team. To help secure our standing, you know, in the social hierarchy here at uh, present. She said if I um, didn't do those things to her, that um, my life was at risk. I suspect you probably had to do a few horrible things as well, right? Oh, it's disgraceful. People have been uh, using my top lip as a HIPAA filter on a, on a vacuum cleaner. What? <laughs> oh, do, do you I not get it. Do you not have HIPAA filters on vacuum cleaners? I have a Dyson. It doesn't have a filter. It's got a HIPAA. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's a high particle filtration device. It's, uh, well, okay, that joke probably won't make the cut. But, uh. <laughs> no, it kind of has to. <laughs> Stop talking, whoever you are. <laughs> You haven't yeah. broken us out it's yet. prison, son. You're surrounded by people all the time. <laughs> people keep coming up to me and asking me about the soap and whether or not I've dropped it. I don't even know what soap is. I've never used it before. All right, I, this can't be good. We, we need to get out of here. We've got to get out. 20 years of this, I don't think I'll survive. Well, at least you've got me, right? Oh, well, I'm, this must be some sort of sick punishment where they lock us up in the same room together for 20 years. It's just like back at Living Waters. Ah, well, God works in mysterious ways, right? Raylene, what's that noise? Can you hear something? Uh, yeah, I'm not fucking deaf. Of course I can hear it. It sounds like someone's trying to break in here. No, it actually sounds like someone's edited a sound effect over the top of a prison seal. Will you move it on there? Quit moving, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, who's Ray. that? Hey, Ray. What's that? Hello, who are you? You don't know me, but my name's Cecil. And Cecil? I, and I, do, I do a podcast. You probably don't know what a podcast is either, actually. Oh, we're beginning to work it out back at Living Waters until we were locked up in this oh, godforsaken glory hole. Well, <laughs> you <laughs> luck, my friend. We're, we're, we're going to bust it. We're, Tom, will you fucking quit moving down there, oh, what, you fucking oh, oaf? Yeah, man. You've got another... T- what, what's a Tom? Well, he's holding me up against these bars, you dumb fuck. Oh. Sounds like they've got their top prayerologists on it. <laughs> Well, you saw it certainly uh, picked my character like a dirty nose. <laughs> what are you what doing are you- here? Why have you come to our prison cell? Look, man, we got to bust you out of here. It's just, this is inhumane. We have been spending weeks and weeks and weeks with only Pat Robertson stories, and we need more. There's no way he can get it wrong. You have to get out and do some stupid shit. Well, actually, just get out, and you'll do the stupid shit anyway. We've been doing stupid stuff in here all the time. <laughs> It's just you, you haven't had the opportunity to get in and keep an eye on us. Yeah, keep an eye on you. Just just squeeze your little ass out of these bars. I got to gr- – hold on a second. I got I to gotta cut them a little bit. Give me oh. a second. So how did you detect us here in this uh, prison cell? I used the grinder app on my phone. Oh, how does that work? Give me that back. You don't put that – don't put that up against the bars. I used it to find you, not grind the fucking bars. Oh, okay. So what? You just typed in Ray Comfort and the grinder app just led you straight here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh. As they say, there's always an app for that. <laughs> I'm not, that says nothing about your character whatsoever. 
<laughs> We're not reading too much into this. What are you doing on Grinder? Uh, wait, hold on a second. Wait a second. Wait, there's a girl in here with you? Uh, oh, have you not met Raylene? Hi, Raylene. <laughs> Do you come here often? <laughs> Six fucking minutes. Uh, no, this is my first time in prison, actually. <laughs> Right, so where are we going from here? We gotta hide you out. You see, the difficulty is, is that now, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the United States uh, justice system. Well, we are they now. They will spare no expense to find you. You'll be a fugitive for, I would say, maybe a good four to six hours. <laughs> so we're gonna have to hide you somewhere. <laughs> they obviously spare no expense locking up prisoners, given that we're in here with about half the population of the entire U.S. <laughs> so where are we it's going? It's like the fucking Hunger Games here, isn't it really? <laughs> I mean, it really is. Oh, you have no idea what we've been through. Raylene's had to right. do terrible things with other women. Things that I oh, wouldn't really? even do with oh, women. I'm asking. Ray- Raylene, you had to do terrible things with other women? I did. I did. I, oh, I don't know if I can talk about it. It's very upsetting. I had to have homosexual acts with this woman. And, well, I only orgasm twice. So the <laughs> Lord is fine about it. But, you know. Is there any way that you could maybe talk about these a little more slowly? <laughs> Raylene's got the hardest working balloon knot in cell 24. <laughs> I can't believe Why is Tom passed out? Tom, wake up. Wake up. You're a ticket to freedom. And that way, there's there's no way he can get it wrong. <laughs> Tom, Tom, where the, where the fuck are we going to take these idiots? You got to wait for them to finish their work. What does oh, that the mean? Atheist safe house. Okay, yeah, we'll take them to the atheist safe house. Uh, there's this message board we know about where atheists can couch surf on uh, other people's couches. So let me just look it up real quick. And, oh, you're and using the, the grinder app again? <laughs> it's a little different, right? <laughs> it's not the grinder app. The grinder app is uh is for specific encounters. This is just to make sure that we have a safe place to go tonight. Oh, right. So we're going for a non-specific encounter. Yeah. Right. It doesn't look like anything's close. Um, We're just going to have to take you back to Glory Hole Studios. I, I hope you don't mind. Oh, Raylene, are we going to lower our standards from prison to an atheist safe house? Yes, I I can't bear it anymore. Harry Mary told me that we're going to be punani felching this afternoon, and I I can't take it. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Felching? I don't think lesbians call it that. I'm sorry. I just I, I'm I'm losing it on this. I'm kidding. Well, I wouldn't know because I'm not a lesbian. Thank you. I'm a Christian. Well, not for most of the day. I only do lesbian things to save our lives, and I've told you I only enjoy it a little bit. You were going to have to climb out these bars, and we're going to have to run the 20 or so, what is what is it you guys call it? We're going to run 60 feet thereabouts between here and the wall. All right, I've got, I've got a cunning plan to get us out of here. Raylene, lift up your arm. Right, I'm going to weave your armpit here into my moustache, and we're going to make some sort of arrangement because, well, the sheets there, they're beautiful sheets. We're not going to use that because that's our taxpayer dollars at work if we were to pay tax, which we don't, but other people have. And we're going to shimmy ourselves out through this window. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever talked about ever, <laughs> by the way. Well, we're, we're all in Welcome it together. to my life. <laughs> Everybody, down the rope. Tom, can you keep up with us if we do this 20-meter sprint? It's just a slightly onerous chore. We're heading for the- Ray, just keep your head down. You gotta get- 
keep your head down. Ha- down, down. Okay, now we're going to run straight that way. And you see that see that bus, the, the one that says glory hole on the side over there? That's where we're going right there. The glory hole bus? That's very short. Look, man, we don't get to ride the long bus. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, Raylene, quick to the short bus. Come on, Ray, quickly. They're on to us. <laughs> it's okay, Tom. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> Breathe, Tom. Right, so we're back now at Glory Hole Studios. It's a beautiful place you've got here. Yeah, it's kind of this creepy little murder room in Tom's basement. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. certainly soundproof. Yeah, man. You can do pretty much anything you want in here. What do you say, Raylene? Those <laughs> uh, days are over. I, I'm now back to my Christian values, thank you. Although I will have sex for money. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bible yeah. endorses that. Oh, thank you, Seesaw. So how can we ever repay you? Oh, the deal's done, right? We're, we're, we're good. We just need you to go out and just be yourselves. Oh, but Make be, sure you keep yourself. making headlines, because that's awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, we've just taken your Twitter handle. Oh, you're, you're what? Unbelievable. 20 years in hard prison labor, hard. <laughs> oh, you spent about 17 and a half minutes in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd probably rather spend the rest of that 20 years in there than give you bastards the Twitter handle again. All right. Are you keen on breaking them out because you need some more material for your show? (laughs) (laughs) Good, actually. I like that. Yeah. He's been sentenced to 20 years in the same room as Raylene. <laughs> I'm nothing like Raylene. He said foaming gash and all. You're exactly the oh, same. Oh, Jesus, no. Well, maybe that bit, yeah. <laughs> well, we baked you a cake with a nail file in it, but Tom ate it, so we've got to wait here for four hours for him to pass it. <laughs> Tom can be here. You could just substitute burps and fart noises for Tom the entire time. He replies with some sort of bodily function. <laughs> so, uh, are Ray and Raylene sharing a cell? Of course they are. <laughs> what? This is so unrealistic. There are no mobile phones in prison, and you can't have a co ed. You know, oh, you know, I got it. I got it. They're having a. They're they're in the middle of a conjugal visit. <gasps> oh no! No, Ray and Raylene can't get it off. <laughs> She'd have to lesbian it up in prison to stay alive. <laughs> it has to go against her Christian beliefs that she's got to. She's got to bang clams for her life. <laughs> You know, he's got a drill for brown gold to um, survive prison life. <laughs> oh. He's got to be pressing on that dirt button all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm chasing the pink dollar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cecil, you have a, a beautiful balloon knot. This is... <laughs> what? A balloon knot? <laughs> oh, oh, I like that. That's so That's terrible. Awesome. I've like never it. heard it called balloon knot. 
Ra, you, you point out the fact that it's unrealistic, but is any of this realistic at all? <laughs> No, not really. The fact that I'm still doing it like eight months after um, when it was supposed to be a fucking one-off is really unrealistic. So, yeah, just go with it. I'll make sure to include my clunge in there somewhere. And you have to spend several months in his stomach oh. trying to survive some way. Oh, what's like, worse? Like Jonah and the whale, you know? <laughs> We're going to smuggle you out in one of Tom's four stomachs. <laughs> We're going to take you back to the to Glory Hole Studios. Oh, wow. um, uh, uh, That'd be great. Yeah. That sounds uh, fabulous. <laughs> he is just as useful not. here as he is normally. <laughs> this is actually more useful than he's ever been ever. This is the right? first time where we've actually had to edit sound effects in and not out of the show from Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we going to actually get out of this cell? Because I can't, given that I don't enjoy physical exertion, how are we going to get out? What? No, do- Wait, what did you just <laughs> say? <laughs> Don't you speak, Christian? <laughs> what about carrying Raylene out like a six-pack? Oh, no! <laughs> My uh, life is a series of weekly degrading sessions like this. You know, it's funny. You, you know, it, it's it's kind of like being in prison, actually, now that you've mentioned <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Just have a sound effect of him breathing in and farting out. <laughs> Or, or it's, she's got one of those emergency slides, like you pull and just <laughs> and lets out, and then you just slide right down. Oh, so like how do we get out? And then Raylene can say, "Well, I've, I've plaited my armpit hair into." Oh, oh, close! <laughs> I'm fine with things inside my vagina, but not armpit hair. I have limits. Come on. All right. Well, we're about to break them. When I had swine flu, I was really, really ill, and I had, like, the worst chest infection after. The swine flu wasn't as bad. It was the chest infection after. It was, it was just awful. And one day, oh, God, don't put this in the podcast. I was, like, just too ill to get out of bed, and I was desperate for a wee. And I did cough, and a little bit did come out. And I was really, I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, my seals are loose. But it wasn't. It was just because I coughed so much that, and I, my bladder was so full that a little bit did come out. Um, it's not my, pr- it, it's not my proudest moment. You know that'll make the show. No, you can't. No, no. God damn, dude, you're fucking no. ruthless, man. <laughs> Can I just clear my name to any possible suitors out there? It is nothing like Raylene's, okay? Nothing. Just think of a badger's ass and it's tighter. 